The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Have you ever wanted to throw a fit? I have. I, I, I remember one day specifically clear as a bell. I wanted to do something that didn't fit our family schedule, didn't fit our family budget, didn't fit our family plans, and it was all about me, myself and I. And when I was told no, my lower lip started to quiver just a little bit, and, 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 and my body stiffened up, and my teeth clenched, and, and a tear, well, a crocodile tear, almost started to brim on my eyelid, and I was quoted, I had these words quoted back to me. If you're going to throw a fit in this house, throw it properly. Jesus threw a proper fit in the temple. Matthew, Mark, and Luke put this episode at the end of his ministry during his last week of earthly ministry before he was arrested and tried, found guilty on false charges, and crucified like a common sinner. John... John uses the text of these Gospels, but puts it to a different tune, if you will, and locates this at the beginning of his earthly ministry, right after changing water into wine at the wedding in Cana. And and he's seeming to say that this is done with the authority of God's Son, who has zeal for God's house, which is transitioning from the temple in Jerusalem to the very body of Jesus Christ and following his life, death, and resurrection to the very body of Christ, God's bride, us. And so, how Jesus throws a a proper fit is to fashion a whip of cords and to drive out the animals and to drive out the people and to top over all the tables. Have you ever wanted to throw a fit? Those words that were quoted back to me originated from me one day when one in our family had asked a question that, about an activity that didn't fit in our family plan or family schedule. It was free, so it fit in our family budget. But one of ours was told no, and the lip began to quiver, and the body stiffened up, and the teeth clenched, and the tears started to brim, and I said, uh-uh, come here. And our young one came to me, And I said, if you're going to throw a fit in this house, throw it properly. And I was asked, how do you do that? And I said, well, you throw yourself on the floor, you flail your arms, you kick your feet, and you scream your head off. 
the invitation to throw a proper fit was refused. And I said, then don't throw a fit. <laughs> I, I, I was like, wow, why didn't I think about that years ago? That would have solved a lot of fit throwing from our young ones. <laughs> Post-temple tantrum truths. In Bible study on Thursday, we pondered the why of this. And you all are such deep thinkers and, and such theological thinkers and so attentive to the passage of Scripture that God places before us. You cause me to think more deeply than I would by myself. Thank you for that. Thank you for the inquiry that, that rests within your soul, the desire to know God and to know God's love and to share God's love with all people. That's where that inquiry is rooted. Thank you for that. So, so what are the post-temple truths that we need, temple tantrum truths that we need to know? The rule about temple tantrums is that they're one and done. Only Jesus, the Son of the living God, can throw a temple tantrum. So if you ever see me about to throw myself on the floor, flail my arms and kick my feet and scream my head off up here, remind me, temple tantrums, PJ, are one and done. Jesus already did it. The resultant temple, the result of temple tantrum is that the fulfillment of the law requiring sacrifice is complete. I got to thinking about why it was important that Jesus drove the animals out of the temple. Because with his death and resurrection, the need for sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins is complete. And the people called followers of Jesus in a world of pagan ritual and meat sacrifice become those who not no longer eat the meat sacrificed to idols and lesser gods but we become the people who feast on bread and wine the responsibility of the faithful is that our whole life is dedicated to the living out of our faith in jesus christ you see, we have been baptized into the death of Jesus and raised to new life in Christ here and now, and we are no longer fit throwers. Have you ever wanted to throw a fit? Unlike the one, the young one in our family who almost threw a fit to the word no, I have more zeal than that one did. And when I was told to throw a fit properly, I threw a fit properly right there on the floor. And our young ones came running from the parts of the house where they were to see what was going on. And their mother said, that's how you throw a fit. And they looked at me throwing my fit and they left, all three of them. And there I was all by myself and I still didn't get to do what fit did not fit into our family schedule or our family budget or our family plan but to this day 
I am the most accomplished fifth thrower in our family. And today I confess to you, my sisters and brothers, that I, because of the life I receive in Jesus Christ, am no longer a fifth thrower. You see, Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus these words that are on the back of your insert. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God. Built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom you are also built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. The God of all creation, the God of everything, the one who spoke light into existence dwells in us individually and in us corporately. And I, 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 I don't know, I don't know about you, but when, when we have folks coming over, we try to spruce up the place a little bit, dust the furniture, mop the floors, put out the best for those whom we might welcome into our home. And so our whole life long, God invites us to welcome into our lives the living and risen Christ who dwells within us by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And I want, I want this house here and this house here and God's house that is in us together as a people to be the blessed, one of the best places God likes to dwell. Amen? John Wesley wrote this about us. I'm not afraid that the people called Methodists should ever cease to exist, either in Europe or in America, but I am afraid lest they should only exist as a dead sect having the form of religion without the power. And this undoubtedly will be the case unless they hold fast both the doctrine, spirit, and discipline with which they first set out. The Methodists set out as a people who prayed. The Methodists set out as a people who celebrated the Eucharist. The Methodists set out as a people who tithed. The Methodists set out as a people who served in the name of Jesus Christ, the Methodists set out to be and to recover the holiness and sacredness of God's mighty temple among a faithful people. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.